So we have this thing going on in our culture where it is desensitizing us to a number of things. I think violence is one. I think the idea of um, sexuality is another one. And we're going to talk about something similar to that uh, this weekend. But I, I think our culture is, is telling little girls that they need to have a certain look. It's telling boys and men that there's a certain uh, out, outward exterior that you should, you should uh, look for in a woman. Boys and men are being taught to objectify women, to um, fantasize about the perfect-looking woman. But the hard work of developing deep, loving, lasting relationships is overlooked. And, and it's passed over, the, over for the impossible pursuit of beauty. And beauty is something that God created, but it's beauty, just like anything that God creates, can be a beautiful thing, but it can be all, it can become an ugly thing if it becomes the ultimate thing. For instance, the longing of a perfect-looking body for a woman is a pursuit that can just just drive women nuts, and it does today. And on the other side, uh, the pursuit of the perfect-looking woman for the, uh, for a man is the same thing. In other words, what I'm saying is this: women long to be fashion models. And men long to be with fashion models. That's kind of what our culture says. The problem is that there's very few fashion models. In fact, most fashion models are thinner than 98% of American women. Can I say that one more time? Most fashion models are thinner than 98% of American women. So it's a pursuit that is, is an incredibly impossible pursuit. In other words, what I'm saying is this. Our culture is obsessed with physical beauty and sexual attractiveness and is moving closer and closer towards that pursuit. And here's what the book of Proverbs says. The book of Proverbs kind of has an interesting way of describing beauty, and we're going to talk about beauty and and what is true beauty and and what, what should we look for as far as true beauty. Proverbs 11.22 says this, A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. Now there's a verse, huh? Huh? The point that I want you to see here is let's talk about this proverb just a little bit. That if you're a man and you buy into our pop culture that says, you need to look for somebody who's pulled together and polished and beautiful and striking. You're, you're pursuing beauty without any thought of character. You don't even know if this person has character. If you pull that kind of person towards you, you don't know whether they're shallow or selfish or vain or foolish or whether they... They are a complete mess. You're only looking at one aspect of a person, the gold ring. And the point is, you're like a person who pulls a muddy, filthy pig onto your lap just because there's a gold ring in the snout. And you're acting like a fool. Because in your pursuit, you're not looking for the most important part of a person. Their personality and their character. And that's, that's the problem in the, the, the pursuit of beauty, for beauty's sake alone. 
This proverb showing us that the inside of a person is more important than the outside. Instead, though, men are told by our pop culture, look at the outside, that's the most important. And men tend to be that way. They tend to look on the outside and uh, that's uh, and the, the the idea that the inside of a person is more important than the outside runs totally counter to our culture. Our pop culture is all about the outside of a person. Are they pretty? Are they beautiful? Are they put together? Are they athletic looking? Uh, when when women are looking at men, are they tall, dark, and what? Handsome, right? Look at Proverbs chapter thirty-one, verse thirty. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. What is that, what is that proverb saying? Essentially what it's saying is what, what, who, a, who a woman is in her soul, in her heart, in her character. It's more important than beauty, because beauty is fading. Beauty is, is here today and gone tomorrow, and charm can be deceptive. In reality, a person's character is going to determine who they are. And what their life will become, it, it will not only determine their, their life, but it will determine the lives of those around them. Their character will determine that, not their beauty. But the advertisers of our culture communicate that it's what's on the outside that is really the only thing that you should worry about, or the only thing that matters. What's on the inside is of little concern. Have you ever noticed that when they show a model, uh, whether it's for uh, beauty aids or on a cover of a Sports Illustrated or uh, a, a woman's magazine, um, very little is said about the model. They don't talk about her personality or education, her character. She's just a backdrop for the advertisement. They are dehumanized advertisement vehicles. That's what they are. They don't have names, they don't have lives, they are just images of beauty. Now the obsession and idolatry of physical attractiveness in our culture is not something that began in America in the 20th or the 21st century. This this goes back way, way longer than that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But this proverb that we looked at basically is really a negative critique of men. It's saying that the habit of men is to objectify, dehumanize, and commercialize women strictly because of how they look. Now, maybe you're as as a man, you say, well, I don't think that's what I do. I really don't think that's what I do. Well, okay. So here's what I want you to do. For the next few days, look at the men around you as they interact with different women and how different women look. And see if they make a difference in how they view different women, how they talk and how they behave around different looking women. I think you'll see it then. Women already see it, don't you? You already see it. You see it. Um, You'll, women notice that right now. But here's the point. Our pop culture is obsessed with the perfect looking woman. And it is doing so much damage to our culture. The behavior is psychologically and socially destructive. Um, 
Because it prevents us from developing healthy relationships because we're more concerned about the outward appearance of a person than their inward character. And so we, we make choices based upon the wrong thing. Our culture is, is, has created an unobtainable ideal. Idolatry and the obsession of beauty by men and women is, is being played out in all over our culture. You, you look at magazines or billboards or movies or just about everywhere you look, you see it. It's all over the place. We are, we are just soaking in it. You can't go anywhere. You can't look anywhere without seeing it. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. It says this in verse 16. A gracious woman gains respect, but ruthless men gain only wealth. So this proverb is kind of interesting because what it says is that men generally like use their power to gain wealth. But women in our culture generally use their beauty and looks to gain importance and significance. Now this is a problem for women. The problem is too many women seek their self-image almost completely in their looks. How their face looks, how their body looks, how they dress. And this become a real problem for girls and women in our culture. Let me give you some statistics. In the United States, 20 million women will suffer from a clinically significant eating disorder at some time in their lives. Currently, 7 million women have a significant eating disorder and it's probably directly tied to this this pursuit of beauty or the perfect. Or the idea that I'll never measure up. I'll never be perfect. I'll never be good enough. Let me give you another one. And this one to me blowed, it blew me away when I saw it. The average woman is five foot four and weighs 140 pounds. Five foot four, 140 pounds. The average model is 5'11 and weighs 117 pounds. And you wonder, why don't I look like a model? Most fashion models are thinner than 98% of American women. Let me give you one more. Eating disorders are three to five times higher in industrialized nations than poor nations. College-educated women are more likely to suffer from eating disorders than non-college-educated. What this is saying is the closer that we buy into this American pop culture of the pursuit of beauty, uh, the more that we buy into that, the more we become obsessed by it, and the more we become obsessed by it, the more we become, we realize that we don't, we don't measure up to it. But they still try. The problem is, when you try to find your self-worth in how you look, and you have this model out here of the perfect woman, perfect looking woman and you're not the perfect looking woman you begin to look at yourself in a different way you don't see yourself as God says you're my son you're my daughter you say I don't measure up to the culture so it creates problems for women but it also creates problems for men because of this addiction to beauty we have pornography and this addiction to pornography is destroying the intimacy that God intended for a husband and a wife in a committed marriage relationship. The problem of pornography is, is that real women are not like that. They don't act like that. 
they're playing a role in a fictitious play. And men are damaging themselves as they view pornography. They fantasize about the perfect-looking woman. Perfect examples coming out on Monday, I believe. Sports Illustrated is going to have their swimsuit edition. If you get Sports Illustrated, you should... And by the way, you can opt out. You can go online and opt out and not get that edition. You can do that. But it's coming, I think, Monday. I just happened across that uh, when I was doing some research. But it's interesting to me, and I said this before uh, a while ago, it's interesting to me that Playboy is now putting clothes on their models on the cover and Sports Illustrated is taking clothes off. There's this fantasy of this perfect-looking woman that every woman looks at and says, I can't be that person, and every man says, I want to be with that person. But it is a fictitious person. And it's an image. It's not the person. It's just an image made up for a magazine. This is what the scripture says. And I love this passage. This is Proverbs chapter 5 verse 15. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs into the street having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be the fountain of your a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Now, what I'm attempting to do this weekend is I'm attempting to swim upstream against our pop culture. I'm attempting to basically say that the Bible goes in direct conflict with our culture. The Bible says that God's design for sex is between a man and a woman who are in a committed marriage relationship. If you are a Christian and you're living together out of convenience or laziness, you need to ask yourself if you believe that you're wiser than God. Because the Bible clearly condemns that. I know that's what everybody does in our culture. I get that. You, you don't even have to tell me. I, I get that. That's not what we're talking about. God has ordained marriage to be between a man and a woman in a committed marriage relationship for the health of the family and for the good of society. Sex outside of marriage is an exchange of commodities. It's not an expression of oneness that God intended. Sex outside of marriage is merely a product. Now, some of you are in maybe that type of relationship where you're not married and you're living together. And you're offended. And you're upset. Because you're saying, but we are committed. We are committed to one another. And I would just say to you, I want to respond two ways. First thing I want to say is this. Your, your issue or your argument is not with me. It's with God. This isn't what I say. It's what God says. Who cares what I say? Second, I want to ask you, have you ever asked yourself why you can't commit to marriage? In the end, it's all about commitment and trust in your partner and in God. It's really what it comes down to. And how do you find the right person? How do men generally find the right person to marry, to be with. Look at how they generally do it. Our culture basically uh, drives men and directs men in a, in a different way. Men generally determine who they date. Uh, most men will look for beauty before they will ever consider what's inside of a woman, her character, her personality, who she really is. Women do the same thing, but I'm picking on men, so there you go. 
they often dis- dismiss the best candidates because uh, their looks are not up to their standards. They're not pretty enough. And yet that whole group uh, of not pretty enough may be perfect as far as compatibility, as far as personality, as far as character. They may not be, uh, they, they may be excluding the perfect candidate for a wife because they have brought, bought into the lie that beauty trumps character. And that's what our culture basically says. That, that beauty is more important than character. Don't, don't, don't look beyond, you know, don't look past the, the, the shell of the person into their heart. Don't look at their character. Just assume they're beautiful. They must be the person you should be with. Now, I said I'd give you an example because this whole pursuit of beauty uh, for beauty's sake isn't something that's developed in the 20th or 21st century. It is something that happened a long time ago. And I'll give you an example. So Genesis chapter 29, and I'm going to read at verse 16. So uh, the bottom line here is <clears throat> Jacob is uh, looking for a wife. He is one of the patriarchs uh, in the book of Genesis, and he is actually going to be the father of the nation of Israel. So he's looking for a wife, and he sees this beautiful girl, and she happens to be the younger daughter uh, of uh, this, uh, this, this interesting guy named Laban. And so he says, I want Rachel. That was her name. I want Rachel. I want to marry Rachel. Now, Rachel had an older sister, and her name was Leah. And uh, let me pick up the text there. This is Genesis chapter 29, verse 16. Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Rachel or Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. So, essentially what this is saying is, Leah's not a good-looking girl. Some say she was cross-eyed. Some say she was fat. Who knows what it was? She was just not a good-looking girl. Okay? Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years, and I'll, if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. So Jacob is immediately drawn to Rachel. Why? Because of her looks. Right? And he says, I'll work for her. Leah, the older sister, on the other hand, was not pretty. And he says to Laban, he says, I'll work for Rachel for seven years. And uh, so Laban makes a deal. So he works seven years. And the seven years goes by just, I think Scripture says it goes by like a week. It just is so quick for him. And so the day comes where he's to be given uh, Rachel and he's to be with Rachel, his love. And in uh, verse 21, we pick up the story. <clears throat> Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so that I can sleep with her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night when it was dark, that's a key phrase, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. Notice the next phrase, verse 25. But Jacob 
when Jacob awoke in the morning, it was Leah. You know, that's the problem when we pursue beauty. We pursue beauty thinking, if I can just get beauty, if I can just gain beauty, if I can just have it. He thought, if I can just have Rachel, if I can just have beauty, I will be fulfilled. But the lure of beauty is fleeting because in the morning, it's always Leah. It's always Leah. Here's the point. There's no woman, there's no man who will fulfill you, who will save you, who will make you feel valuable or complete you. And I know there's a lot of romance uh, movies out there. You complete me. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, Maybe to a certain extent. But you know what? Here's the problem. When you pursue someone because of their beauty and you think, if I can just be with her, if I can just find her, or you're the woman who's trying to be that beautiful woman who is pursued and wooed, and you realize, I don't measure up. Or maybe you do measure up. And then it happens. You will wake up, and you will maybe one day you will wake up and say, oh, it's Leah. It's Leah. Because the pursuit of beauty is just of that. It's a pursuit. You will never catch it. See, God never intended a human being to fill your divine need and desire. Only Jesus can fill the hole in your heart, quench your spiritual thirst, and heal your hunger. When you ask another individual to do it, they will always fail. They will always fail. They can't help but to fail. The lure in pursuit of beauty is fleeting and empty. Here's the point I want you to see. Wisdom looks beyond the beauty, the outward beauty, and looks within a person. For it is within where real beauty, where the real beauty of a person exists. It's from within that we find that. Peter in the New Testament puts it this way in 1 Peter 3. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. Some of you women are going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like three shots, right? But notice what he says. You should clothe yourselves instead with a beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. What is this verse saying? It's saying that true beauty comes from within. It is not... You know, our world basically says true beauty is when you look at a beautiful woman and say she's beautiful. But the Bible says, no, true beauty is when you look within a person and say that is a beautiful person. I have met people who are 80 years old and their, their, their beauty has long since gone, their outward beauty. But they are some of the most beautiful people I've ever met in my life. Incredibly beautiful. Here's the point. No one wanted Leah, not even her dad. He wanted to pawn her off. Jacob despised her. No one wanted her except God. No one wanted her except God. You see, because you know what happened? God chose the homely girl to bring the Messiah, our Savior, into this world. 
The Messiah didn't come through Rachel. It came through Leah, the ugly girl, the one with the weak eyes, the homely one, the one who wasn't loved. Jesus came into the world not through Rachel, but through Leah. And I want to go back to the passage that I began to read in Isaiah. Notice what Isaiah says about the coming Messiah. This is Isaiah 53, verse 2. There was nothing beautiful or majestic in his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. He, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Our Savior, the Messiah, was externally ugly for us. He was rejected, overlooked, and marginalized by men. He was despised. He was rejected, killed on a common criminal's cross. He lost his beauty for us. He was beautiful, but he emptied himself of his power and beauty for us. And here's the point. We find our beauty. We find our acceptance, not in finding the perfect person, the beautiful person. We find our beauty. We find our acceptance through him. We find our salvation through him. The rejected one, the ugly one who became ugly for us. Our pop culture says pursue beauty. Find it. Because that's where it's at. The Bible says that's a lie. Beauty is fading. And if you pursue beauty without looking at the heart of a person, the character of a person, you're like a person who just put a gold ring in the snout of a pig. Wisdom says we look beyond the outward appearance and we look to the inner part of a person. And when we begin to do that, we will see the inner beauty that every one of us has. Jesus gave up his beauty and became ugly for you and for me. He was rejected. He was hated. Just like Leah. <laughs> so that we could be accepted. Leah was unloved. Jesus became unloved. So that we could be loved. The pursuit of beauty is fleeting. Going after it just destroys any potential closeness. But the pursuit of character. The pursuit of God. The, the knowing what true beauty really is. That it goes beyond the outward, outward external appearance that we all have. So as a woman, we stop trying to measure up to what Hollywood or what Maybelline or what other people say we should look like. We say, you know, this is who God created me to be. So as a man, we stop looking at women and saying, she's not cute enough. She's not pretty enough. She's not put together enough. She's not athletic enough. We start looking and say, who, who are you really? Because I want you to know there's a lot of beautiful people in this audience. And you'll never be on the cover of a magazine as a model. But in heaven's eyes, you're beautiful. Stand with me. Let's pray.
Our Father in heaven, help us to see beauty as you see it from heaven's perspective. Help us to see beauty on the outside is fleeting. Certainly there are beautiful people, men and women, here on this earth. But there are beautiful people, or like Leah, they don't have the outward appearance. But inwardly, they are incredibly beautiful people. And we overlook them because our culture says, don't look there. There's nothing there to see. And if we'd stop and if we'd look, if we'd consider it, we would find treasure troves of your beauty. Help us, Father, not to be caught up into the pursuit of beauty that our culture so often just is obsessed with. And thank you that Jesus was willing to become ugly, to become rejected, to become hated, so that we could be loved, so that we could be accepted, so that we could be made beautiful. May we find our beauty in you, Father, as we become what you designed us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.